0: Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze.
1: Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today, this is a very special episode. Today, I have invited the producer of the Unresolved Life Podcast on to actually talk with me a little bit about a very special individual I wanted to pay tribute to because I believe he really has something to say. Now, he has passed on. He is currently riding his Harley up in heaven. I'm quite sure that he's doing. He's probably riding with Jesus if I know him. So, Mike, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: I'm glad to have you here. I wanted to do a tribute show to a man named J.R. Canfield. He was a very good friend of mine. And what I wanted to do is kind of talk about with Mike, what he meant to me, and what he meant to Mike. And then we uh found an interview that we had done with him about 11 years ago, back when Mike and I were still running Social Hazard Radio, which was a radio station that we had started back then. The content is still really good, and I think you will get a lot of uh, out of it. But before we go to that, Mike, would you introduce us to JR and kind of tell the audience a little bit about him and... What you remember?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to. Pastor Jr. was actually the pastor of the church that I grew up in. I met him probably when I was nine or ten years old, and so he had a huge impact in my life, especially my teenage years. One of the things that we I, we used to do is we had a Royal Ranger Outpost, and we would go camping two or three times a year. And we went to this one campout. it was called a powwow, and they had camp outposts from all over the state of New Mexico. And we invited pasture to come with us. And most of the pastures that I saw, when they would be invited to one of these campouts, they would practically have people waiting on them, or they would pull up in their you know, in their R V and pretty much hang out there the whole weekend, maybe show up for council fires, that kind of thing. But that wasn't Pastor Jr. I remember the first time that we went camping we, and we told him, said, you know, Pastor, we wanna serve you. We wanna we wanna honor you. And first thing he did when he got to the camp, he said, Okay, where's the kitchen? And we're like, huh?
1: <laughs> wow.
0: And what I found out is when he was in the army, he was a cook. That was one of the jobs he had. So, so used he used to cooking for a 100 plus people or so more. So this was
1: really no problem for him then? No. I mean,
0: cooking for 20 people? No, no, no issue at all. And oh, man, could that guy cook? Oh, I can't tell you what his uh, potatoes and onions and eggs tasted like. They were mm, delicious.
1: That's anyway, good.
0: Uh, I I
1: digress. (laughs) What lesson did you take away from his example?
0: Pastor was always a servant. Every time I ever knew him, he never elevated himself. He never tried to make himself out to be something he wasn't. And he would not. uh, One of the things that I always respected about him is that he would say it from the pulpit. When he made a mistake, he'd say, I blew it flat out.
1: That takes a lot of guts and a lot of integrity to do that.
0: And there was nobody with more integrity than Pastor Jack. Nobody.
1: I still remember him talking about the (laughs) paperclip. So it was basically talk. I think it was talking about integrity and he was talking about.
0: Oh, the person that stole the paperclip from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I met him at the candlelight service. It was a New Year's Eve candlelight service. And I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. I heard a lot about the guy, but I didn't know what to expect. And you know what? I met a guy that seemed to care. I met a guy that when he would look at you, you knew that he was interested in your well-being. And one of the things he would always ask was, are you doing okay? How are you really doing? And you know what? As I got to know the man, we ended up in a mentorship with him. And I can tell you those are some of the most terrorist times in my life. I am honored to say that I was able to know him. And as a part of that mentorship and as a part of running the radio station, we had done this interview. And I think the most fitting tribute that I could think to give him is to let him speak one last time and maybe encourage you guys.
0: It'll change your life. It'll change your relationship with God. It'll bring you to a place that you have never been in your relationship with God if you listen to it, if you take advantage of it.
1: I look forward to seeing Pastor J.R. again, and I know I will. I know for a fact he heard well done, good and faithful servant, and I am looking forward to seeing him again.
0: Riding his Harley on the streets of gold.
1: Well, keep in mind, he's probably going to trade that Harley for a white horse when when Jesus comes back.
0: True. No, I, I think he'll stay with the Harley. <laughs> <laughs> he was a biker at heart, man.
1: Not if Jesus, Not if Jesus tells him, get on the horse.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, his funeral was massive. One of the largest churches in town. There were hundreds of people there, a lot of people from the church, but, uh, he had, uh, almost become a biker church that, that, that was, uh, was focused on bikers.
1: And see, so the biker world had actually grown to respect him.
0: Yes. He was the national president of. The Seat of Abraham, which is a national bikers organization. That that was his ministry as he was reaching out to these bikers. And, I mean, I so respect that. And that, there were so many bikers there. There were so many motorcycles in the parking lot. I mean, and they were all there to pay tribute to him. So it was quite an experience.
1: It really was.
0: And that's the best tribute I can ever, ever give the man. He just gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. And, gave. and it was a privilege growing up with him and it was a privilege mentoring
1: with him and it was a privilege to know him so with that guys we're going to head over to the interview if you guys have any questions or you guys just want to reach out please feel free and we will get back to our regularly regular programming next week with that god bless you and we'll talk to you next time hey pastor how
2: are you doing i'm doing good Teresa, how are you and mike doing this
1: morning uh, pretty good Man, we're doing
2: great. fantastic. <laughs> I think we're going to have an enjoyable time today, don't you, Saints? Absolutely. Indeed. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be cool. <laughs> yes. All
3: right, God's been bringing us down some really interesting paths, and as uh, most of the SHR listeners know, some of the fun that we've gone through to get this whole thing set up. But uh, what we wanted to do this morning was to kind of establish uh, what is kind of our foundation here at SHR. And that's why we invited our invited Pastor JR to begin. You're going to hear from him again. Uh, we're, we've asked him to do some other segments for us, uh, but we wanted to go ahead and introduce him to you this way. You uh, won't get
1: rid of him that easily. That's all
2: I have to say. Amen to that, uh,
3: <laughs> Pastor. Um, there was uh, just to kind of get you guys on the right foot here. Oh, I guess about a couple of months ago, Teresa and I were in Alamogordo. In New Mexico and we were going through some real challenges in our life and uh, Pastor JR is actually my pastor the one that I grew up with I've known him since I was about 10 years old and we were having these conversations with him and basically what we we're talking to him about was ministry and how we felt that we were called into ministry uh, Teresa and I and so what we did was that we were having this conversation and I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Teresa tell you about that conversation we'll go from there
1: well we were having a conversation if, if you remember Pastor, it and it was basically you were talking telling us that we were not prepared for ministry and the simple reason was because we didn't have a foundation if I recall you alluded to the fact that our foundation began with devotions And I wonder, could you possibly elaborate on that? Because you say devotions, and a lot of people are like, what? What are you yapping about, dude?
2: Yes. Yes. Well, I think first, if I may step back, Teresa, when we first give our heart and our lives to Jesus and God takes over our life, after we do that, we go on an exciting journey. And that journey encompasses learning how to hear God for ourselves. What I have seen in the past, and if I may go this route, I need to go back just a little bit and say, what did I feel devotions with God was for years? And I thought it was mainly Bible study and prayer. But to whom? For what? What was I learning? Most of what I have seen through the years, Teresa, is that there is much plastic in the church. Mm -hmm. There's a tremendous amount. There's a tremendous amount of individuals that live their Christianity on Sunday, and on Monday they live like the devil. Uh Now, I know that because I've been one of those, Mm -hmm. and I can understand where they're coming from. But for years, I did not understand until I built a relationship with God, I could not know God's heart nor care for him. It's kind of like we as individuals. As you have, Teresa, gotten to know me, we are building a relationship. Uh Through that relationship, we are building trust. And most people cannot trust each other today.
3: Oh, that's true.
2: And I started looking at this, and I'm saying, basically, with adults, with youth, whatever it is, there seems to be this big gap. Well, I found that same gap between me and God. And it was rather frightening, to tell you the truth, because I was running around being a pastor and being what I thought a Christian was, and I came to the place where I did not understand what love was. Now, you know, I one time said love is like a purple antelope on a sea of tuna fish. (laughs) I had no concept or idea. And the only thing that I had was after being married several times, I found that there was nothing much in life that I really cared about or cared for because life did not care about me or care for me. Mm -hmm. So I started searching God. And first of all, I had to look through these last 30 years and say, what was missing? Because I kept coming up, Teresa, with questions more than answers. And I was supposed to have all of these answers out of the Bible and out of relationships in the ministry, but I wasn't getting them. And I had learned for myself that, that Bible study was great, but why did so many seem to become... So judgmental, why did so many people that was reading the Bible and walking around and they got these stiff-necked and they became to a place where they were judgmental and they were hard with what was supposed to be the good news? And why did so many, why were they so spiritual on Sunday morning and treat their family like trash the rest of the week?
1: And I think that can be said for a lot of the church, I mean. Well, it can be, you know. Is
3: like in my life, you know, I, I've been a Christian since I was six years old. I accepted Christ when I was six years old. But I can honestly say that I don't think I've walked with the Lord like I was supposed to since about maybe January of this year.
2: But I believe, Michael, when you're saying that, I think that sometimes the image we give off as Christian leaders does not invite participation. It actually shuts us off from each other. That's true. Because if I'm not willing to let you learn to hear God for yourself, I am feeding you but for a day. But if together we can learn to teach you how to hunt, then you can feed yourself for a lifetime. Not only that, but feed others for a lifetime and help them to find themselves with God. Okay.
1: So then, if that's the case, I mean, if... if if, if We've already established that the, there is plastic in the church, okay? So then how do we break out of that? Because obviously there are going to be people that are going to say, you know what, I'm perfectly fine. And then there's going to be people that are going to say, I want more than that. I don't want to go to church on Sunday and Wednesday and treat my family like garbage the rest of the week. I, I want more than that. So how do you break out of it?
2: Well, I think first of all, Teresa, and that's a wonderful question. First of all, we have to make a decision that we want to find God. Once we make that decision and we give our lives and our heart to Jesus Christ, then we can move into, okay, God, the Bible is there. It's inspired by God. It's written by the Holy Spirit through people. Now, how do I grasp that? How does it become real to me?
1: I think one of the questions that needs to be asked, though, is how do you find God? Because how can you ask me, how can the Bible be real to me if you
2: don't know that? Okay, and that's another wonderful statement because the simple fact, it is so easy to accept God in our lives. It really is. And I remember way back when I accepted the Lord, I went to him and I said, look, I don't know if there is a God. You know, I think there's supposed to be. But I don't know him personally, and I have really no idea. So, God, if you're up there, if I could change my life, I would have already done it. So I can't make myself good. So, God, if you're up there, you come. I'll give my heart and my life to you simply by inviting Jesus into my heart. And when I do that, and I ask him, say, Jesus, take over my life. You know, I'm a sinner. I know that. So take over my life, forgive me of my sins, and make of me what you desire me to be. And that's what started the process. But then I went on an exciting journey, which was so lonely, because I didn't understand how to hear him, And I didn't understand how to touch God's heart. All I was doing was listening to other people, how they did. But what about me personally? And, Teresa, it's all about you and God, not what I am to God, but who you are to God.
1: Mm, that's. Excellent. I think that's—because that's, a lot of people say, well, look at the passion. I mean, he's got it so tight, yet yeah, here I am, sitting in the church. I, I don't know how to hear it. I don't. I don't even know how to talk to God. But, and I'm supposed to be a follower of his? How am I supposed to live out this life if I don't know how to talk to him?
3: It's, it could be just a really lonely existence, being a Christian. And not having a real relationship with God. Because the Lord wants to be more than just our Savior. He wants to be our friend. The Bible says that he's going to be the friend that's closer than a brother. And that's what I truly
2: believe that the Lord wants to be to us.
1: So then how do you develop that friendship? I think that's the question.
2: Well, you know, I think one of the first things that we've got to understand is that the idea of Christianity is not something new. It's over 2,000 years old. But the thing of it is, when you bump into most Christians, what's going to spell out is what they're full of. And we'll leave that there. But a lot of people are full of anger and hate and guilt, not knowing the word enough to filter down from the head to the heart. So when we see that, then we had to find a way. And I, I searched for these many years to find a way to get hold of God, because I had seen people that that just studied the Bible that became very hard and very judgmental, okay. you know, and just argued with each other constantly. And I didn't think that that was too cool. And this
3: is nothing against theologians, but you know, I I agree with what Pastor's saying on this because you know you you read the law, you read the Bible, and but you don't have you don't have the the love. Relationship with the Lord.
1: It's like you're reading the story, but you're not taking it into heart. Right. You know?
2: Well, if they were taking, that's an important part, Teresa. If they were taking this to heart, if they were receiving from God, not just from each other, but from God, you know, I don't think there'd be so many broken homes. That's I don't true. think there'd be okay. so many broken lives, so many broken children. Over 50% of Christian marriages now fail. Over 50% of them. Why? It's because people are trying to live on slopped over blessings. They're trying to live, Teresa, on someone else's Christianity.
1: Ah, okay.
2: And if I, you don't build a personal relationship with God, you have no relationship with God. What you've got is somebody else's relationship. Either that or the That's voice- what devotions is about. Either that or you've got the voices inside your
3: head. <laughs> that you think is God, but most of the time it's up being you.
2: <laughs> well, I think that that's a nice way of putting it. Okay? But so. when the rubber really hits the road, when the, when that rubber meets the road, it's going to be about you and God at the end time. It's not going to be about what I did. It's exactly. what oh. you have done. Okay. So, But you got to have a good shot at it. I,
3: I think the saddest words in the whole Bible are, depart right. from me, I never knew you.
2: Without the shadow of a doubt. And, and let's face it, we're all going to face it. Yeah. We are all going to look at that factor. You know, I have come to the place now where Bible study has its place. And it's vitally important as a package. But if I do not have my time, my spiritual discipline, time with God, my devotions with God of learning to hear his voice... When I hear his voice and I know I'm hearing his voice, then that gives me direction. If I'm hearing someone else's voice, it still leaves me with the question, was it true? Was it not true? Was this their their worldly idea or was it a godly idea?
1: If he tells you something, he isn't going to tell you something that's going to go against his word. So, but how can you know what he's telling you if you aren't in his word?
2: Yeah, well, exactly. In Romans 15:4 it says, honey, I, I entitled that honey It said, for whatever things were written for our learning, which is the Bible inspired word of God, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And in one of the devotions recently, it said what was written in the Bible for our learning was given by God to teach us through patience and comfort, not someone beating us up trying to force us to their way of thinking. No one except God has all the truth. And we can learn what God speaks to all of us, and that brings us hope. If we take all of that wisdom and put it together, it's kind of like, Mike, if you make a mistake, and I can learn from your mistake, then I won't have to go through the pain of that mistake. All right? But it's it's your choice whether you want to or not or whether I want to or not.
1: And I think something's key here, you know, once someone, you know, gets into the Bible and gets into uh, spiritual discipline or devotions or whatever you want to call it, they then are able to impart whatever they've learned to others who are also in devotions and may have a different take on that. And in so doing, you're kind of giving something, them something that you want and you're receiving something that you want yourself. Yes.
2: yes. I think that when you've led for a long time in leadership, you gain a certain amount of wisdom, hopefully. (laughs) And when we do that, we gain that wisdom, that can keep you out of some of the pitfalls and some of the troubles. Mm -hmm. But the truth of God will only become real to you when he speaks to you. Okay. Now, it's better if you hear his voice personally rather than to hear his voice through me even. Okay. Because
1: then you might, you might it's kind of like you want to cut out the middle.
2: Well, to an extent. You want to learn from them the wisdom that they've learned through the years, but there's still a place that only you and God, and when it's you and God, that's how you change. Okay. It's not by what I tell you, because you're only going to remember less than 5% of it for the next two hours. I can jack my jaws all day long, but if God says one thing to you, it's into your spirit.
3: And I think the important thing here, you know, is that when you're in devotions, this is what we're for, spiritual discipline, we find that what the Lord is showing us through our devotions is confirmed through the messages that we hear.
2: Oh, yeah. Yes, and it's like prophecy. You know, if you talk about the gifts of the Spirit in the book of Acts, prophecy and a word given to you should confirm something. It's not to give you direction that God hasn't spoken to you about. That's dangerous. You know, you hear sometimes, well, God spoke to me, and you're supposed to go to Africa and sell everything you have here, and you go to Africa, and you end up starving to death. Well, it wasn't God. But if God speaks to your heart through his word, through communication and relationship to God, if he speaks to you personally, And then I come up to you and say, you know, I've really been praying, and I believe that God might have you consider India. And you say, yeah, that's it. That's confirmation. So one of the things that the church is totally lacking, Christianity is totally lacking today, not everyone, don't misunderstand me, but it's almost totally lacking is the fact of hearing God for yourself.
1: Okay, so then... if, if that's the case how do you do devotions how do you do them because a lot of people say okay I want to hear God open up the Bible read huh I mean the last time I tried reading the Bible it was half dead well I hear that one so first off how you know why should I do it I mean how, you know okay. what makes your plan so different and secondly how do I do it
2: well I don't think honestly that my plan is so much different I believe that this plan is being orchestrated by God throughout the world right now. And I'm just simply getting a hold of it like so many others are. Uh, one of the things that I've learned now through devotions, doing it for quite a while, is the fact that, first of all, I must ask God to speak to me. And when I sit down for devotions, when I sit down for my spiritual discipline, which I don't like discipline.
1: <laughs> Who does? we None of
2: us do. We want to do our own thing only when we want to do it. But... The simple fact of it is, it takes discipline to hear God. Uh And when I do that, first of all, I open it up with prayer and I say, Father, speak to me out of your word today. And then step number one, I find the Bible reading corresponding to today's date from the Bible reading program. Then I turn to that chapter in your Bible and, and I ask the Holy Spirit to teach me and reveal Jesus to me through it.
1: Okay, what Bible reading program are you referring
2: to? Well, there are several that are laid out. We have one here, and of course, we would be glad to furnish that to anyone. It's reading through the Old Testament once through the year and reading through the New Testament twice. But there's many different ones out there where you can get through the Bible in one year. There's a lot of different ones. But once you have that, and we'll be glad to help anyone, anyone that is seeking to get these answers, But then after we read that scripture for today or scriptures, then we read the passages. And as we're reading, we underline anything that the Lord impresses on us as a personal word to be applied. And then when you read with an open heart, the Lord will give you words of encouragement. He'll give you words of direction. He'll even give you words of correction, as in 2 Timothy 3.16. And then step three, when God has revealed a special lesson of life to you, Turn to a phrase page in your daily pages to record what God has just shown you.
1: Why is that so important?
2: Well, it's important to write all of this down in longhand. What we write down, we remember. What we become part of, we become part of. And what we just set up as nonsensical, we do not believe in. So when we write it down, and boy, I'll tell you what, when I first started devotions, I guarantee you what I was writing down, I misspelled most of it and couldn't even get it together and said, God, you can't speak to me. But I stayed with it. And within a three-week period of time, I was hearing God clearer than I've ever heard him in my life. So we write that down so I'll remember it. It's that simple. And then as we do that, uh, to give you an idea as you're doing that, let me just give you, if I may, just a little sample of what I do each day. We do and use what you call SOAP, S-O-A-P. And a, a dear brother, Wayne Cadero in, in Hawaii, gave me this formula. And he said, number one, SOAP is scripture. You write down the scripture that God brings out. Like, for instance, what I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. And what you have whispered in your ear, proclaim unto the housetops. Matthew ten twenty seven. Okay. Well, boy, that one had always kind of got to me, but then in the observation, God starts speaking to my heart and he said this, if I am not hearing him in the darkness, what will I speak in the light? What will I speak to each or to others? If I am not hearing him whisper in my ear, what will I proclaim on the housetops? And so that's an observation and then an application or the SOA is what a great word. This scripture reminds me not only to talk to God in prayer, but equally important is to hear him in prayer. And then I write out a prayer. And I say something like, dear Jesus, help me to hear you today. I want to be still that I may hear your marching orders for my day, for my week, for my life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So That's a good word.
1: Yeah, it really, it really is. It's it's. I think that that would really speak to a lot of people. So basically, what we're talking about here is just a way of getting into the Bible that's more than just the plastic. It's really getting down deep and, and really learning how to hear God. And how question, how long do you think it'll take for people to hear God once they start this?
2: I honestly believe with all my heart, if you sincerely... <clears throat> Sincerely sat down because God's going to speak to you, Teresa, differently than it does me. I remember I was used to think that he had to speak to me as in the King James Bible with all the thous, the those.
1: And whatevers. And, and,
2: yeah, the whatevers. <laughs> and God just sat me down one day and said, hey, guy, listen to this. And here's what I want you to hear. He talks to us in the way we speak. He comes to us where we can meet him. So when you ask the question, how long will it take? I have not seen anyone that will dedicate themselves that will not be hearing God in less than six weeks. And I'm only talking about going through this maybe two or three times a week of just giving him 15 to 20 minutes for two to three times a week. And you will, at the end of that time, be hearing God. I promise you that. You'll be hearing God better than you've ever heard him in your life. And if you've never heard him, you'll start to understand how to hear him. But you've got to be disciplined. That's the reason we call it spiritual discipline.
1: It's funny because, you know, whenever I talk to people about this and they're interested in it, I always tell them to give it 10 days. Give it 10 days and and, and, and be willing to sit, sit down and do it for 10 days and see
2: if your relationship with God doesn't change. Well, Teresa, if you take six weeks, you take two, to three times a week, or you take the ten days. If they'll do it for ten days, they'll have, they'll accomplish it in ten days. Yeah. I've never seen anyone that would not accomplish it quickly if they're willing to just listen. I just want to point
3: out, you know, that it has to be quality time. It can't just be, okay, I'm going to read the scripture, and I'm just going to pick something out of it. You really need to to go through it and, and take the time to go through it that's that's the best way for it to work otherwise you're not given you're, you're not, not giving you're, quality time
1: no and, really. you're, and, and you're sort of cheating yourself by doing that because i mean god god's heart you know he says you know when god's like and he said in Isaiah come let us reason together let your sins be as scarlet i'll make them white as snow and i think the key there he said is come Let's talk, hey, let's chill, you know? Okay, so you got a lot of junk in your life, that's cool. Let's work through it, you and me, right now. And I think the devotions, you know, I think that, that what Pastor is saying here is so key, guys, because if you're not in a daily time with God, and I mean, I mean, you eat every day, right? You eat every day, I mean, you know, you go in and you grab your pretzels or your soda or whatever you eat, you yeah, anyway, sorry, that's just kind of one of my favorite things. <laughs> anyway, but, like, if, if you eat every day, would you skip and only eat two days a week? Would you only eat Sunday and Wednesday? No way. Well, then why are you doing it with church? Why are you only going to church Sunday and Wednesday and and not taking the time to spend the rest of those days with before the Lord and allowing him to speak into your life? Why?
2: Well, I think that's so true, Teresa. Uh, in Romans 3.23, it says, For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Well, all of us have blown it. But we have an opportunity here through a loving God who forgives us a multitude of times. Mm-hmm. You know, I often say that God is the God of 56 chances plus because yeah. he's always there waiting for us when Amen. we blow it.
1: Yeah.
2: And beloved, the hard thing for us to do is to learn to trust anyone, even God.
1: I can say that from experience,
2: you know. Yeah, Yeah, and devotions, if we use that word, if I take devotions and make it a dirty word, it can become dirty. Uh If I take devotions and make it a legalistic word, it can become legalistic. If I take devotions and seek God's heart, that's what I'll find. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you have to go out with the right motive, I think. Yes, and I think, Mike, something very important you said there is that it's difficult to have what you would term as spiritual discipline or devotions somewhere where there's 26 people around you talking. Yeah. you got to get alone. I don't care if it's in the John. Get alone with God and sit there and read and say, God, show me a
1: truth. It's like what Jesus said, you know, don't stand on the street corner. You know, go into your prayer closet before your Father in heaven. Yeah, you know, he said that because for one reason. When Jesus said he when Jesus died on the cross for us, he didn't just die so we could get in heaven. He said, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly, which means I want to hang with you now.
3: And I think
2: another thing, yeah, you know, Pastor, let me ask you this question. Sure.
3: What is the best time to do devotions?
2: Well, I'm gonna bring that back and say this. What is the best time for you? I am uh, I have been two things in my life, a morning person and an evening person. When I was in the world and walk around in the world, I'd love to be a night person because I love to not go to bed till two or three o'clock in the morning because I was bar hopping or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I became a Christian and I started well, I changed around. I love to get up early in the morning. So if you get up early in the morning and you like to sit and have time with God. Then that's great. If you do it in the evening, that's great. Maybe you can't get to sleep at night, and everyone else has went to bed. Mom and dad and the brothers and the sisters and whoever, and all everything is calmed down just a little bit. Curl up with uh, your Bible and sit in there. And by the way, get a Bible you can read. Yes. Uh, you know, I thought I had to read the King King James Version, which I love. Don't misunderstand me. But I thought that that's what I had to read. And now I read out of the New King James Version. I read out of the Amplified. Uh, you know, I read out of many of the Vision, the Promise Bible. Yeah. Uh, anything that will speak to you in your heart is what God wants you reading. One of the awesome things that,
3: that we found, one of the best resources we found as far as the Bible is concerned, one thing you have to understand about uh, Teresa and I is Teresa and I are both legally blind. So we use, our, we use our computers for everything. That may not be everybody's way, but that's our way. But if you don't have a Bible and you need one, um, one of the best ways that we know to get it, one is a program called eSword. It's a free program. Some of the versions you have to pay a little bit for, like the Amplified I think is like $20, but. You can download this program and install it, and have multiple versions of the Bible right there on your computer.
1: So, like, maybe you want to do it. <clears throat> sorry. So, maybe you want to do a comparison. And guys, I mean,
3: I do that a lot in my devotions. I'll, yeah. I'll read something, and it won't quite click with me, and I'll go back and I'll read it in two or different version, two or three different versions until it clicks. Until it clicks. And, you
1: and you know, it works. Guys, I just want to encourage you. You know, if you're especially to the person that is the only Christian in their home if you are really struggling, if you are really trying to walk this walk, if you're really trying to live your life for the Lord,
0: yet you're the only Christian
1: in your home, I strongly, strongly encourage you, get yourself into a Bible reading plan. Get yourself into devotions. Because then you know when you when your family's going to bed and all those garbage that you've had to deal with during the day All you got to do is just get with God, and I promise you, take this from experience. I was the only Christian in my home, folks. Guys, I was the only Christian in my home, and I didn't know how to do devotions. Thank God I know how to do them now, but I'm telling you, get yourself into a Bible. Get yourself, chew on the Word. Let it kind of soak into you, because then when you have to deal with your family or Whoever you're living with, or you're going to school, and you're trying to deal with your worldly friends, man, if you have the spirit of God speaking in your life, then that means you won't have to compromise. You won't have to bow down to the stuff that they are trying to tell you what to do. When they say, "Hey, man, you want to go and you know go out to this party and bust a few shots," you say, "No, I, I I'm not I'm not up for that." And you can have the confidence to know that God is behind you because you heard Him. You heard his word, and you heard the encouragement that he has for you when you chose to do that.
2: And That's I think that is key. It is. You know, one thing that, that hits me too, guys, is that if you out there are lonely, if you're not getting the answers that you desire out of life, there is a way to get answers from God. Absolutely. And one of the things that if you'll write or however contact mike or Teresa. we at the church will be glad to put a little pamphlet together send it to you about devotions and give you the instruction that you would need to start on your journey the first steps of a journey that will lead you to hearing god if you desire that see i believe that true devotions is really personally designed by God for each one of you. Each and every individual has a way that God desires to speak to them and to reach another soul with his word, with what the truth really is, not my opinion. And And the truth truth will come through the word of God, the Bible, and it will speak to you and you really hear what I emphasize is the pure truth. It's the heart of God, the love of God coming through to you, and that's what's going to change our lives. And keep in
1: mind, guys, again, it goes back to, to not only do you want to hear God, but do you want to get to know Him? I mean, I know you've been to church, right? You've been to church, you've done the thing, but do you really know God? Have you ever accepted Him into your life? You got to answer that question before you can get into the devotions, because if if you try and get into devotions and you don't know God, you're just going to be reading another book. And the key, guys, you know, Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me." And Jesus said that you know, as as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so this I the Son of Man must be lifted up, that I may draw all men to myself. In other words. He died on the cross for your sins. He died on the cross so that he could, he, you know, if you got a whole bunch of garbage that's weighing you down, he died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to bear that, man. You know, he died, he he, 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 his father turned his back on him so that you could be accepted. And it's a wonderful, wonderful truth. Guys, and if you could just understand that, if you could believe wholeheartedly that God loves you because he does. It, the Bible says that for God so loved the world. It, it, you know, take out that per- phrase, the word, put your name in it. For God so loved Jeremy or Jacob or whoever, whatever your name is, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you will just believe in him, and when we say believe, we mean absolute, complete dependence and trust in if you will completely trust and depend on him, then you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. In other words...
3: I want to point out also, if you have any doubts about about having a relationship with God, I mean, God's bigger than that. He knows you're going to come into it with some skepticism. Mm-hmm. And he'll meet you where you're at. I'm telling you right now, he will meet you where you're at, at the point, at the absolute point of your need. So you don't have to be 100% sold out. All you have to have is just a little, just a tiny little bit of faith.
1: Take a chance on
2: God.
3: Just take a chance.
2: Well, you don't have to be perfect, do you, Mike? No,
1: no, no. no. No, 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 You (laughs) know,
2: and boy, we've learned this the hard way. And the neat thing about God is he accepts you exactly where you're at. Where you're at right now, he accepts you. And he knows that you're not going to change overnight. Yeah. It's going to take a period of time, and he'll love you through that change. And that's one of the things that our church, when we say this, we accept you where you're at, believing for you where you're going to be. Yeah. But first of all, we got to accept you where you're at. Absolutely. And that's cool because we've been there, too. Absolutely.
1: I can can tell, I can recount areas in my life that I've messed up. And I'm not, I won't claim to be perfect, even though I talk about devotions and I talk about a relationship with God. There is no way I'm perfect. But thank God. It's called grace, guys. It's called grace. It's, you know, I heard a really awesome acronym from a teacher, a Calvary Chapel teacher. And I think this really sums up what God has for you. But you know what God's offering? He's offering, it's it's offering God's riches at Christ's expense. Not yours, but Christ, because he already paid the price yes. for you. He already paid the price, so that means all you got to do is accept it.
3: Exactly. Yeah. All you got to
1: do is just take a chance. And I'm telling you right now, you take a chance, just one little chance.
3: And we just want to say thank you so much, uh, Pastor J.R., for coming and you be so with much. us this morning
2: well thank you so much for having me I appreciate it very much And one closing thought is simply this I heard something from Andre Crouch last night and he said it this way he said all of us are dealt a hand in life and it's not Lord or God why is this happening to me what we should be asking is God why have you left me here why have you left me here what do you want me to do Mm-hmm. But funny. thank you for having me I appreciate it so much And we just pray for each and every one In the name of Jesus That hears this sound That they will come to know Our Lord Jesus Christ Amen
0: You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast To catch all our past shows Go to unresolved.life That's unresolved.life